You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Hey guys, it's Roger back at you. Man, this keeps getting better and better. As you know, I love talking with dynamic people with a vision and with an inspiring story. And this episode is no exception. I'm speaking with Alejandro Russo, a native Chilean who now lives in Miami. And he was on vacation in the Dominican Republic a few years back. And he came across a native drink of the Dominican Republic, and it basically had multiple variations um, across the country, but yet everybody's drinking this drink. And he said, this is not being produced commercially. Why, why not? Like, I need to do something about this. I can take this around the world, and it can be a global phenomenon. So he puts a company together, and he starts to engineer the concoction, the recipe, and it's got tree bark and honey and spices, and it's a rum-based drink, and he gets the distribution going, and he gets the production going, and all the legalities and everything that you can imagine to put a company together so that you can export this product. Not only that, it has a really catchy name. It's called Mama Juana, okay, which is really catchy, and it's taking off. So he's in major resorts. He's in leading restaurants, like really top-end stuff, and he's growing this company organically, one place at a time. So you might just be looking for a new, really cool rum to serve your customers, but I think this one uh, needs to be paid attention to. So check out this story. It's a great episode. On with it. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and these are engaging topics that help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, deliver amazing guest service experiences, and now maybe find a new exciting product. I am with Mr. Alejandro Russo. He is the founder and the CEO of a company called Candela, and they have a very unique rum from the Dominican Republic you're going to want to hear all about. Welcome to the show, Alejandro. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I love your enthusiasm and, and it just comes through because obviously you have a passion for this product. Now, this product has a 500-year history, but before we get into the product itself, I always ask my guests, okay, what's your backstory? How did you get into the hospitality industry and how did that lead to what you're doing now? So take it away, Alejandro. Sure. I'd love to share my story. So it's actually a very unlikely story. Um, I, I shouldn't have been able to to get to the point where I am right now, given my backstory, because I have no relationship to the wine and spirits industry. Uh, my background is actually in, in finance, uh, formally. And, and after that, after I graduated from, from the university, I'm from Chile, by the way, from Santiago. Okay. I was going to ask you that, if you are native Floridian, but okay, you're originally from Chile. I'm from Chile originally. I went to the university there. Uh, my background is in finance, uh, in economics. And after, after graduating, I started a couple of companies, both of them technology companies. Uh, one of them was web-based, uh, a great consumer product on the web. And then the next one was another, web uh, another uh, consumer product, but on mobile. And so I, I was totally in technology. Um, I, I started my first company in Santiago. I started the second one in, in New York City. Uh, I was part of tech accelerators and, and incubation programs. Um, shout out to Techstars New York, amazing program. If people are looking to join one, they're the best of the best. Uh, 
So I was totally in tech. Uh, I, I, I went to all the pitch competitions. I was part of the tech scene. I, that, that was my thing. Uh, that was what I was entirely dedicated to. I you know, lived, breathed, and, and even dreamed about, about my, my companies back in the tech days. That is, that is very unique and, and unusual. So, okay, you got a tech background. You're a company founder, obviously. You got a finance degree. You know how to run a business. How did that lead you to a Dominican rum? Yep. So that's, that's the funny twist of events. So I, I sold the, um, the, the last company that I had, and I was looking for something else to do. Uh, you know, given that I was already in the tech business, I said, you know what, I'm going to launch something uh, else. I, I already know great people. I have my network, my team. And I, I needed to clear out my head because, you know, there's a lot of opportunities going around. And my family invited me on a vacation to the Dominican Republic, to Punta Cana. And I love, I love the Caribbean. I love warm weather. So I'm down. I, <laughs> I go there. With my mom and my sister uh, in Punta Cana, we're staying at a beautiful resort. It's actually it's exactly what you imagine when you think of a postcard resort. That's what that's what it was like. And I was having fun, you know, in the pool and in, in the pool bar. And when you're in the pool bar, you start meeting a lot of people because everybody's just sitting there. They have nothing to do. Everybody's social. Everybody's happy in a good mood. So I, I meet a group of guys. They're having a great time and they're having these shots. And they're like, hey, hey, come on over, have a shot with us. I said, okay. And I'm not really a shot kind of guy. Uh, I'm, <laughs> to be honest, I, I, I've always been kind of like a very soft cocktail type of person. Uh, you know, not, not, I, I don't drink straight whiskey or I don't do tequila shots or things like that. You know, I, I like smoother type of drinks. But, you know, I said, what the hell? I'm, 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 I'm meeting these new, these new people. You know, they're having a great time. So they give me a shot and I say, wow, like this stuff is great. And they're like, yeah, yeah, here, have another one. And then have another one. And then I, I realized that this tasted unlike anything that I had tried before. So I go over to the, the bartender that was serving the shots and I say, what is this? What would you give me? I, I'd never seen this before. And, and he starts making a weird gesture. He starts going like this with his arm. And I said, what does that mean? And he's like, well, you just had a shot of Mama Juana. And I said, Mama Juana, what's that? Uh, and he says, Mama Juana, you've never heard of it? And I said, no. And he says, yeah, it's the Dominican Viagra. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I said, Dominican Viagra, I've never heard of this stuff. Are you crazy? And he's like, yeah. And everybody's having a great time. And I said, wow, like this is great. So I wake up the next morning and, and feeling great, no hangover. And I'm like, wow, like this stuff was great from last night. And then the next day, I go to the bar and I order my Mama Juana shot. And I, I start talking uh, to the bartender a little bit more now that we were in a calmer environment. And he starts telling me the story um, about how it's like the Dominican Republic's national drink. It's like their native drink. Uh, so it's actually the native drink of the Taino people, which is the people that inhabited the Caribbean islands. So it's the, the, um, it's the native drink for, for all of the Taino people, which, you know, they, they go from the north of, of South America all the way to South Florida and all the islands in between. Um, so I, 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 I was fascinated with the story. You know, this is what they used to drink as a health tonic. 
uh, you know, they, they discovered that it had secondary positive side effects <laughs> and, and it just became like their national drink. And I could go on and on with the story because do they it, think of know. it? Do they think of it, Alejandro, as an aphrodisiac? Is that the way it's marketed in the Dominican? Because I know it invigorates and it's like uh, it's like an elixir. It's a tonic. We're going to get into that whole story. But is that sort of part of the marketing? Because that's what I'm hearing. You said it's the Dominican Viagra. So that's the first thing I heard of it. And then yeah, I that's what the bartender research. told you, right? This is this that's is the what story. the bartender told me. Gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a young guy. Thankfully, I don't need any any kind of help in that area in that department. But yeah. I I just I just started researching and I noticed mm-hmm. that yeah you know people you people there they use it for everything. You have a cough, you drink Mama Juana. You have a cold, you drink Mama Juana. You're feeling kind of laggy, you drink Mama Juana. It's just yeah. good for what ails you. Yeah, exactly. You know because it's, <laughs> it's made with a an, uh, a natural blend of spices and herbs, and you know. They say it's good for you. I, I don't know. I just love the taste, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical when it comes to, you know, products that make different claims. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, like, scientific and rigorous with my things. But, you know, honestly, it just tasted great and it made me feel great. So that's how I got into it. Well, that's really interesting because you said you're not a shot kind of guy, but suddenly you got converted into enjoying this as a shot as opposed to, okay, I'm going to try it mixed in a cocktail or I'm going to put it over ice and see if it mellows it. So that's what I've heard. But now I'm also thinking, okay, what is the flavor profile? I know it's got honey in it. I know it's got specific spices, but when you drink this, you you taste rum, but then it's infused with the honey and the spice and it and mellows it out. It's like, describe exactly. the flavor profile of the average person that drinks this for the first time. What do they describe it to you? Like, how, how would you describe it? So the best way to describe this is I always tell people, this is vacation in a bottle. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, right. Tastes like you know, vacation. Yep. It, it, it is, you know, like, you know, when you have a sip of pina colada and you're like, ah, I like, I can relax. That's the same, the right, same right. kind of sensation that this gives you because it's made with, with really fine uh, Dominican rum. It's made with spices and it's sweetened with honey. And it's 30% alcohol content versus 40% or, you know, 35% yeah, uh, so it's some smooth. of the rums. Yep. So it's, it's very smooth. It's, mm. it's, I think it's the only rum that you can actually drink neat and have a shot. I mean, the only rum that you can have as a shot and it won't burn you. Uh, it just goes down really smooth and it leaves a very nice... Uh, like a warm sensation in your chest. Love it. Um, yep. Not really menthol. It's more, it's more like a cinnamony kind of caramelly kind of sensation in your chest. It's really nice. So it's better than a cough drop when you're feeling sick. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I no. To be honest, whenever me and or my wife were were feeling yeah. a little under the weather, first thing we do, shot of candela, and <laughs> it, it goes actually, away. <laughs> it does. It does. So um, that's so, very cool. So, yeah, so sorry. So so then to go to back to what I was saying, I got into it because, you know, my the next day my mom and my sister were like, "What are you doing?" And I was having a shot of Mama Juan at ten in the morning. So yeah, like, we've never yeah. seen you have shots all day long, and I'm like, "This stuff is great. You gotta try it." And when the trip came to an end, unfortunately, I had to fly back to Chile. I I gonna go back to work, and I said, "You know what? I, I want to get my Mama Juana bottle." And that's when I realized that. You couldn't buy the stuff ready to drink. You could only buy the dry ingredients and make it at home. And 
I don't know about you, Roger, but I'm I'm a millennial. We want everything ready. We want everything made for us. We don't immediate we gratification. That's called immediate yeah. gratification, man. Like yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to buy, uh, you know, like dry tree barks and and buy rum and buy honey and wait three months. I'm not that kind of guy. Well, uh, that begs the question. Going back to your trip in the Dominican, and you're with this bartender. Are you saying this particular bar was crafting that themselves at the time because it wasn't yeah. available commercially? All, all bars, whether it's all of them, a rundown little shack or a five-star resort, oh. they make their own. So does that mean there were variations in the product from bar to bar, place to place, where a little bit more of this, a little bit less of that, and it wasn't consistent, but you wanted exactly. to bring that consistent experience? Well, okay, great. So it wasn't consistent. Did you try Mama Juana in any other bar other than the, on your first visit when you were there? So on that first visit, I only had the one at my resort. Okay. And now I'm confident to say I probably tried most variations than anybody out there. Yeah, Every right. I, go, I have a shot and I, I check out how they're doing it. But you know what? I started seeing, okay, this is what everybody in the DR is drinking, tourists. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, every place has it. There's no consistency. There's no prepackaged version. And then I started putting the dots together and I said, wow, like somebody has to make a brand out of this. Somebody has awesome. to make this. And, and that's when I said, you know what? Forget about tech. This is, this is totally new. This is exciting. This is a great product. You know, it, it's, you know what product do you stumble upon that has hundreds yeah. of years of history and uh-huh. it hasn't been commercialized? You know what Unbelievable. I mean? I am so surprised you got there first. I mean, again. Listen, I, I couldn't believe it. It was like... I can't believe nobody else is seeing this. And now that Candela is already, you know, yeah. I don't want to say a big, but, but it's in, you know, hundreds of, of places. Yeah. 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 You go to the Dominican Republic and the Dominicans themselves, they say, wow, like, I can't believe, believe it took a Chilean to, to come up with, with, you know, the best Mama Juan. <laughs> I'm gonna, and yeah. They love it. You know, they, they, they just think it's the most hilarious thing. And it's because sometimes you need like an outsider to see things that are too obvious for you to yeah. see. Well, you literally captured lightning in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. right seriously the, yeah that's cool you know i'm i i just couldn't believe what, what i had stumbled upon because it's not like it's some obscure drink you know you land in the dominican republic every place you go to they're they're, they're gonna offer you Juana. it's everywhere it's absolutely everywhere so i just couldn't believe that nobody had actually made it into a real uh brand you know export quality premium brand so uh so, it, was, it, it was a great coming across that so there was no intellectual property here, right? Nothing proprietary that you needed to get rights to. Being a Chilean in a foreign country, you suddenly you suddenly took the concept, took the ingredients, took the idea, and then formulated a version of this that was very authentic to what you originally tried. Is that how it came together? Yes. So that, that's a great question. You know, I came up uh, with a brand from scratch uh, because... You know, you, you, you want to start fresh and you want to be able to own all of your IP. Uh, right. And I, w- once I had that brand, I started finding out who could produce it for me. Thankfully, the Dominican Republic has a long list of excellent uh, producers of, of rum. And I came across my, my production partners. You know, they, they, they do all the production. They private label it for me. And... And we've had a great relationship since they won with them. And they take care of all of the, the production aspects, whether it's you know, sourcing the, 
the, the native tree barks and, and spices from local farmers all the way to sourcing the best rum that, that we use because we use a fantastic rum, by the way. Um, so they source all the ingredients that go inside the bottle and, and I, I ship them all the, the things that aren't the liquid. So the glass, the cork, the label, the cases, everything, everything else. And they package it for me in the Dominican Republic. And it's, it's, it's awesome because it's entirely Dominican made, uh, and which is very important to me because I'm not Dominican, I'm an outsider. And I, I, I wanted this to be a case where they could feel proud of the product that is their own. So it's only Dominican hands that make this product, you know, and it's all handmade. And every single person that makes it, they, they're Dominican, they live locally, you know, uh, from, you know, 10 minute radius from our production facilities. So it's something that's very much their own and that they feel very proud of. Well, that's a legacy and a tradition that you're keeping alive, but it's also a key part of the marketing story, I think, yeah. you know, as opposed to just taking an idea and then, you know, figuring out where to produce it somewhere else. It's like you kept authenticity as sort of a part of the mission of, of this brand and, and of this company. So it's, it's really important then because yeah. authenticity, not, not only is it important from, you know, an ethical uh, st standpoint, I mean, I think it's the right thing to do. It's their product. It's, it's their pride. Uh, but it's also interesting because I think young consumers, you know, millennials, we resonate with products that are authentic. We want to know something that isn't something that you can get everywhere or it has a fake kind of like put together story that, you know, it's some private equity company that bought out, you know, this little brand and they just, you know, hired a marketing agency and they created like a fake story on top of it. It sounds like that, you know, th this is something that's real. It's, it's, it's a product that, you know, besides the hundreds of years that it has as part of the Taino culture and, you know, the, the healers that, 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 that used to drink it, uh, it's very much ingrained with uh, popular Dominican culture nowadays as well. Uh, you ask any Dominican outside of the DR, you know, in New York and New Jersey, uh, in Boston, where, wherever they may be, you ask them about Mama Juana, and I can assure you, not a single one will 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 refute that either them or the, their grandma or their mom they keep their mama juana bottle you know under the kitchen sink you know that's where they're aging it so it's it's just a very dominican thing um yeah, nice. and and to be honest i i just think it's great to to grab something that is so much ingrained into their their national culture and to be able to craft it in a way that can be exported outside of the dr because think about it i'm you know, I, I was 20-something at the time. I'm very tech-savvy. I'm always reading about all these different things. You know, I've traveled through, you know, tons of places around the world. I never heard of it. Never heard of Mama Juan. So you had to go to the Dominican Republic to hear about it. And that was crazy to me. You know, we, it, it was just like Greek yogurt. And, and what the amazing story behind Chobani, like, you know, a lot of people, they have tried Greek, Greek types of yogurt, you know, when you go to Greece or, you know, Turkey, they have a very similar type of strained yogurt. But it was actually, you know, it took a brand like Giovanni to say, hey, we're going to mass market this so that everybody, so that, you know, the mom in Minnesota and the dad in Texas and the daughter in California, they can try this and buy it at their local grocery store. So that's the type of that's the type of vision that I have for this. I don't want this to be something that you travel to the Dominican Republic and somebody tells you about. I want you to go and be able to hear from your friend, wherever it is that you live in the United States, 
that, hey, you have to try this. This is great. Comes straight from the Dominican Republic. It's all natural. It's delicious. And it has a killer story behind it. It really does, for sure. So what was the next step? Okay, you got this idea, and it took some time, obviously, to formulate the correct product and put all the production in place, you know, and how long did that step take before you could actually market it and export it elsewhere? Oh, man, it, it wasn't easy. And right? <laughs> nothing, nothing worth doing is, really, but that's the, the definition of entrepreneurship, is. right? Exactly. Yeah. No, nothing, if it's easy, then there's, some, there's definitely other people that are doing it already or it's not worth it. Uh, but there was, a, you know, over the, the, the default uh, difficulty of, of starting a business from scratch, which I had already done, there was additional layers of difficulty because one, this was a new industry for me. I had no clue how the boost business worked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the regulations, the logistics of it. It's, 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 it's something that you really need, you can't take lightly. And I think, thankfully, thank, thankfully because I was naive when I started this, uh, I don't know if it was ignorance or, or, or naive or maybe just too much optimism, but probably if I would have known how hard it would have been, I don't know if I would have, I would have gotten into it. And, and thankfully I, I pushed through and, and now the product is, you know, it's, it's killing it. But before that, I, I went through a lot of hard moments in yeah. every step of the way, because every step of the way has a lot of things that you need to learn about that don't apply to other businesses. So, you know, for example, the formulation, um, I am not a mixologist. I am not a bartender. I don't know what people like other than what I like myself. So, you know, I tried so many different formulas. I, I think, you know, we tried maybe a hundred different formulas um, because there's so many factors that you can, so many levers uh, that, that, that you can switch so that the taste profile changes. You can play with the type of rum that you use. You can play with the mix uh, with, with a spice blend that you're using, you know, the Mahuana spices. You can play with the type of honey that you use. You can play with the proportions of all three. You can play with the aging process. So there's just so many things that, that, that you need to, to keep in your mind. And honestly, we got to a point where I tried the formula. I said, this tastes delicious. I love it. And I'm not an easy drinker, as I told you, but this, this is great. You know, I can drink shots of this. And then what happened is that I took it to different bartenders, uh, very respected bartenders. And they said, wow, this is great. Who made this? <laughs> and I'm like, listen, this was just trial and error. And you're not the only one that likes it. Like other people like it. Do you think it has legs? Oh yeah, you, this is great. Like just keep it like it is. And we got to a point where it is a very authentic Mama Juana. So it's, it, it's, it has a very strong taste of the natural herbs and spices. But it can also be used as a spiced rum. And that's the beauty of it. It's Candela is in a fine line. Uh, here's the product, by the way. I love the packaging too, by the way. It's very cool. Thank you. So It's it, distinctive. And, and it, it is, right? And, and people love the name. And it sits in a fine line where yeah. it's smooth enough. It's smooth enough for you to be able to sip neat or, you know, as a shot. And then it also mixes beautifully well in in cocktails you know you, you make amazing old fashions with this mojitos pina coladas daiquiris you know it's endless honestly any drink that you can make with rum you can make with mama Juana. let me ask two questions jump out and i'm i'm curious if 
things were overly complicated by your thought to somehow change that original recipe, if I heard you correctly. Because my first thought says, okay, you absolutely were knocked over the head by this one product you tried at this one bar. And my first thought says, why not go back there, reverse engineer all the ingredients exactly how it's made, and then figure out how to produce that in volume without losing something in the translation. But I'm hearing you didn't do that. No. And the reason why is because I, I wanted to have a clean slate when it came to production okay. because yeah. I'm already imagining this as a huge enterprise, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Illusions of grandeur. Oh, yeah. No, you, 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 bet, you betcha. You know, that, that's how it is because yeah. I was already imagining, okay, if we're standardizing production and we're cranking out thousands of cases a month, we need to be able to have a great, uh, a great supply chain behind us. Yep. So I configured this in a way that if we scale 10x this year, we, we can keep up with this and we can source the ingredients and we don't have to compromise on quality. And that's very important because if you compromise on quality in a product that's this natural, people will know. And, and, and it's also something that most people, if they try it, they're going to try it for the first time in their lives. And you want them to have a great first impression. Um, and... That's why I said, you know what? It doesn't matter how this hotel made it. It doesn't matter how this guy's aunt makes it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to make it with the best ingredients I can find and just make it taste awesome, period. So what was the next step then? Okay, now we got a product and we formulated the product. And then obviously the producers that are used to producing rums in volume just took it from there. You taste tested hundreds of samples. I might be exaggerating, but we, we went down that road. And now oh, you're yeah. like, okay, this is it. Let's lock in the secret formula. So then you trademark protected the name and the formulations yes. and all that. So there was a tremendous amount of legal work involved here too. And oh, yes. was that U.S.-based and Dominican-based legal teams that you had involved here? Did you have a U.S.-based lawyer that took care of everything or legal team? Yes. I mean, that's a tremendous hurdle, that alone, just figuring out, okay, all the legal regulations, not only in, in the U.S., because we still want to distribute in, in Dominica, right, and other places around the world. Uh, maybe we're still getting to that, but you're probably already, you know, planted that foundation, right? Yeah. It was a huge no, it, part of it. It was huge. I mean, yeah. so he, here's how it happened. Once I got to the formula that, that I liked and I had the name that I liked, I said, okay, we need to test this because that's how I come, I come formatted from the software world is that mm -hmm. you, you build, test, learn, and iterate. It, it's a cycle, you know, from, it's called the lean methodology by um, Eric Rice. He, he's a great author and that's how I was formatted. So I said, you know what? Okay, this formula, I like it. We have the name. Let's test it. And I, I imported. I was living in Chile at the time. So I didn't import just a few bottles. When I say test it, yeah. <laughs> I imported a container with 200, 250 cases of this. Each case has 12 bottles. So it was a lot of product that I, that I imported. Um, and and I, I started selling it, knocking on doors, you know, a bar here, a restaurant there. And I said, if, if Chileans like this, this is going to be a success anywhere in the world. Because Chileans, they're very, they're very picky about what they drink. They either drink wine um, or they drink pisco, which is their national drink. Um, and and that's, that's what, what they drink. You know, they're not big into vodka or rum or anything else. 
So I said, so if I can get Chileans to like this, then th this means that this formula is great. Um, so I imported the, these cases into Chile. I, I went out to different places. We started selling it. And then I hit up a friend of mine that he had a, a company that he does college, um, like college retreats. So, you know, you're on your third year of, of college and, you know, between semester, he takes like 500 kids over to, you know, uh, these cabins on a weekend and they just party for three days and, and he does that. And he moves thousands of college kids every single weekend. So I said, his name's uh, 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 Juan, Juanjo. I said, hey, Juanjo, what if? Instead of buying tequila or Jaeger uh, in, in, in your next trip, you buy a case from me. See what these kids say about Mama Juan. Okay. So he bought a case. And, and then the next week he says, hey, you know what? Can you give me five more? So I give him five, five more cases. Then the next weekend he says, hey, you know what? Can I have 10 more cases? So then I sell him the 10 more cases. Long story short, a few months passed. And I think within only eight months, he already, he himself bought the entire 250 cases. Uh, of Mama Juana that I had imported. So, Beautiful. Uh, yeah, that happened in like six months. So I said, wow, like I can't believe like one customer bought 250 cases from me. They never tried this before. And these are college kids that are going to open bars, okay? They're not paying for their drinks. So that means that they have the, the, the choice to buy the pisco that they've been drinking all their life. They can have unlimited beer. They can have unlimited tequila, unlimited Jaeger. And they were choosing to, to drink candela. So I said, wow, like, that's a great sign. And that that's is. when I decided to bring this to the United States. Uh, and that's when this whole thing, uh, you know, we, we jumped to a new level. And that's when it became real. And it took me a year uh, to get the paperwork done uh, just to be able to sell in the United States. And so, you know, with great help from, I, I work with a company called Park Street Imports. They were a great help. Uh, they have a great compliance team. They, they guided me through all the compliance process, all the legal work. Um, so, so that was a huge help. And also my partner in the business is my mom. This is a family company. Uh, and she was also a great help during this process because, you know, there's just a lot of things that you need to think about, a lot of moving pieces. Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't have done it without either of them. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we had the successful market test in Chile. We brought it to the United States, get, got the paperwork done. Took about a year, more or less, to get all the paperwork done, and and then we started selling little, you know, one account after the other in the states in Miami. So, who is the target demographic then? It has it? It's obviously moved beyond the original test market of college kids, and you are the target demographic and millennials. Uh, but it, does it go beyond that at this point? Are you still working on introducing it to an older demographic as well? Yes. So that, that, that's what happened is that I started selling it in Miami. We realized that our bottle was, you know, a great looking bottle, a great looking label. The product itself is an amazing quality, you know, the type of rum that we use. So I started seeing that a lot of the higher end accounts, the, the high end restaurants and bars, they were really, really receptive to it. They were reacting really well. So then I realized, you know what, this isn't, we, we, we can't sell this to college kids. We need to sell it as a premium spice rum. And we started selling it to the best restaurants in Miami. The best, you know, not, not, not the three-star places, but only the four and five-star places, you know, the, you know, the, the top 50 ranked places in Miami. 
those are the type of accounts that started uh, buying this from us. And to be honest, you know, that's, that's been our strategy since, you know, this is a premium product. Uh, a lot of people say that it's like, kind of like Captain Morgan for, for grownups, you know, <laughs> because a lot, a lot of guys, when I, I, I would show them this, they would say, oh, I'm a huge Captain Morgan drinker. But I, I, you know, I started drinking that in college and, and, and now like, you know, there's, there's no natural evolution of that. You know, a lot of the other products that they have, they're usually buying uh, a little more premium versions of whatever it is that they're drinking. You know, a lot of people, they used to drink maybe uh, a Bud Light or, or a Red Stripe in college, and now maybe they're drinking craft beers. Um, in the same way, you know, a lot of the Captain Morgan drinkers, they're coming to us and they're saying, this is great because it's a spice rum. It's, you can definitely feel the spice, but it's, it's a little bit more premium. It's, it's all natural which is also very important for the consumer nowadays. You, you want things that are all natural. People don't like artificial additives. They don't want artificial flavorings or coloring. And Candela is 100% natural. We only used fine Dominican rum, natural spices, and honey, and that's it. So traditionally, um, well, the old adage that says when you're in real estate, it's about location, location, location. I think in your case, you've got both the name and the packaging, which is so important in this category because you're competing against brands that have multi-million dollar marketing, but tens of millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions are spent on the yeah. Bacardi's of this world, you know, international marketing programs. But you've got a unique name that is a hook unto itself. And maybe especially now that, you know, marijuana is getting legalized yeah. across the country and there's that play on words and people think about mamawana and yay, let's party. And, you know, exactly. there's, a hook, there's a hook there. And I think that's benefiting you from a marketing standpoint. Exactly. And to be honest, it, it, it hasn't been easy. I mean, you go out there into the market, uh, you have the Bacardi's, the Diageo's, the Pernos of the world yep. that are spending hundreds of millions of dollars. They can come in with a full team, promo team, sales team, they support they spend right, you know, right. so much money on this, so much love, and, and they have all the right to do so. I mean, they do a great job. I'm a huge admirer of Bacardi, huge fan of Diageo, Pernod, Constellation Brands, you know, all, all these you know, Proximo Spirits, uh, all, all with Cuervo. They, they've done amazing jobs. But when you're a little startup like me, it's very hard and very hard to compete with them. So we're, we're not even playing that game. You know, we, we don't come in and... We don't have a huge marketing budget that we spend. So what we do is we, we go in and we work very closely with our accounts and we just offer them something special, something that nobody else can offer them. And that's the beauty of this is that we don't have a direct competitor in the market. Yeah. We simply don't. Um, so when, when we go to a mixology-oriented account, we say, would you like to try a Mama Juana-based cocktail? They're like, wow, this is great. I've never had one before. And the taste is delicious. And honestly, that's what, that, 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 that's, what, um, that's what really, really makes it different is that the taste is great. It's something that you've never tried before and there's no competition. So I, I think that's the only way that we're competing is offering something special, something that's the best quality that, that's out there in the market. And it's a cool name. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a great product. And little by little, we're, we're, we're scoring great partnerships with great accounts. And the accounts that work with us, you know, they've, they've been very happy with it. And they usually start expanding. You know, they start with maybe one bottle. Then they put us in the menu. Then 
they put two, two drinks on the menu, then they expand us to their other locations. And little by little, we've been expanding with our clients. And the bartenders uh, are probably brand ambassadors for the product because they're so jazzed about it. They've got, you know, there's such a buzz that they're recommending it to their clients that either drink rum or, hey, somebody walks in, hey, you got to try this. This is something new. And they get exactly. behind it. Yeah, that's exactly. beautiful. That's grassroots guerrilla marketing right there. Oh, totally grassroots. And the bartenders, yeah. if a bartender is looking for something new, something novel, if you're the type of bartender, that's not the vodka soda type of bartender, yeah. but you're the bartender that likes to show your patrons something special then Candela and Mama Juan is a drink for you. Very cool. Very cool. So let's see. You've also gotten this product into leading resorts as well, right? You're in a beer star and dream resorts and Palladium hotels. Are you venture backed by any chance? Are you self-funded to some extent? Um, you have investors in this company. Like what's the mark? What's the financing plan? Yeah, it's been, it, it's been a really, really interesting story about how we funded this because initially um, this started as a family company. I started this. My mom, she's an investor. She's a very smart woman. And she said, I want to be your first investor. And I said, mom, listen, I can go out and find <laughs> investors on my own. She said, no, no, no. I want to be business partners with you. I, I really believe in this. I saw how hooked on Mama Juana you were when <laughs> we were in the DR. <laughs> so I want to get behind this. Yeah. So awesome. we, we started it as a family company, very bootstrap, you know, very very, very small scale operation and started growing little by little. Then we brought in uh, an angel investor uh, from Chile called uh, Bicentenario. And we've been growing together with, with him. Uh, that's the only outside money that we've gotten to the company. But it's mostly been a bootstrap company so far, which is crazy because Beautiful. as you said, you know, we're, we're fighting against mm -hmm. big, big, well-funded uh, liquor companies, both public and private. And, and it hasn't been easy. But now that this is uh, gaining traction, it's, yeah. it's really picking up steam very fast. Um, I'm going to be going out there and opening this up for, for new investors. This time, it's probably going to be institutional. So probably VCs, um, maybe family offices, or maybe even celebrities that want to be part of this. Uh, because, you know, the Dominican Republic, they they have a huge, huge set of talent that's coming out of there. There's great artists to come from the DR that most people don't even know they're Dominican, but you know, like uh, Cardi B, which is one of the best-selling artists in, in the States, you know, she, she comes from a Dominican background. Same thing as Bad Bunny, same thing as Osuna, uh, same thing, you know, there's just so many, so, so many good Dominican artists. And this is something that is part of their pride and part of their, their culture. So within a few months, I will open this up for external funding because we have a lot of growth opportunities. We're getting, we're getting the product into a lot of the big resort chains. Right, and right. And we, we can't keep up. You know what? I think that's part of the recording. When we lost the connection, I was just starting to talk to you about a beer, a star and dream resorts and palladium hotels and all that. And we'll talk briefly about that. But as long as we're on the financing topic, we'll come back to that uh, in a second. This, uh, you know, I keep saying this begs the question, but it does. I don't have a crystal ball. Nobody does. But I would be very surprised if some of the biggest companies on the planet come, come after you for an acquisition. And if so, would you entertain that as an exit strategy? Would you want to stay on as, you know, CEO of this company? Would you sell out for big money and continue to run this company? Or do you want to keep it as a family enterprise and grow it on your own organically? That's a great question. And I'll tell you this. 
I believe in this so much that my vision is to take this to every single corner of the world. This is the new tequila. I mean, people don't realize how big this is going to be. What tequila did to Mexico, Mama Juana will do to the Dominican Republic. This is, this is not just one brand that I'm pushing here. Oh, I want yeah. somebody to buy my brand. No, this is an entirely new category that we're building. What Red Bull did to energy drinks, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we will do. So that's how big I want to make this. And if there's another company that we can join forces with and that can help me accomplish my vision, yeah. then great. You know, I'm all for it. Honestly, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the answer. I don't know if it's going to be an acquisition, if it's going to be an investment, if it's going to be a partnership, you know, distribution partnership. I don't know. I'm open because my goal is to get Mama Juana to every single person in the world that hasn't tried it. Everybody has to try this. It's great. Um, and there's no reason why this can be just like tequila or even bigger. Um, so that's, that's my, my goal. Where did the resort connection come in now? If we can switch gears, like you've had a tremendous amount of, you know, the yellow brick road has sort of laid out in front of you and all the top restaurants, the five-star restaurants have picked up on this. I mean, you've gotten some pretty great influential distribution already. Yep. And now we've got leading hotel brands that are international brands that are also, how did those connections get made? Did you do that personally? Was it another connection that said, Hey, check this out. And then all of a sudden a beer star comes knocking at your door saying, Hey, we got to, you know, we got to carry this in our hotels and all that sort of thing. Like, Honestly, it's all been very organic. I hmm. went down there myself to the Dominican Republic uh, yep. to live for seven or eight months because I said, you know what, we, we need to get these resorts buying this product because they're currently, these are five-star resorts. Some of them, you know, they're, some of our customers, they, they have rates that go up as high, you know, $800 a night, yep. but they're, yep. they're, they're selling handmade Mama Juana that there's no consistency every day. You can drink something different. So I moved down to the DR. I, I set up distribution there. We set up our own structure uh, there. You know, we have people, our own people on our team in the Dominican Republic, in the streets, Uh, visiting our accounts and we we honestly set up meetings with the best of the best of the big hotels there and you know whenever you sit down with a food and beverage manager or uh, a bar operations manager that they know what they're doing they have a pain of you know what we have a product in our offering that's not being standardized that's not consistent we need a better supplier so You know, I sat down with him and I said, look, most of your customers are asking you for Mama Juana. The Dominican Republic is the number one tourist destination in the Caribbean. It has the most important airports in the Caribbean as well. It's huge. It's growing. And the number of hotel rooms is set to double within the next five to 10 years. So this is only going to grow exponentially. And yet you don't have a good supplier of the most important drink of the island. So that was kind of the pitch. And Beautiful. I sat down with them, they tried it and they were blown away. Yeah. And, you know, we started little by little. Initially, these hotels, they would put us as an upsell item. So only for, you know, their, their bars that you had to pay for your drinks. Then they extended us to their open bar. So now everybody in the hotel can buy it. Then they extend us to other hotels of, of, of their, uh, under their same umbrella. So little by little, we start expanding because they see how good the product is. They see... At the end of the day, what the customer likes. If the consumer is in the Dominican Republic on vacation mode, they will want to try Mama Juana. It's that simple. Again, 
it's the tequila. What tequila is to Mexico, yeah. Mama Juana is to the Dominican Republic and the Caribbean in general. Right. So people want to have this as part of their Dominican experience. They're on vacation. They want a shot of Mama Juana. So the, the, the resort saw this and that's why, you know, they've been expanding us uh, inside their umbrella. And this has gotten us new resorts as well that have asked us for the product. All right. So we're covering the restaurants, we're covering the resorts, and now distribution here in America. I think you're in six or seven different states. You're, you're growing that, obviously, as, as you know, opportunities present themselves. How challenging is it to work with you know, big beverage distributors here in America? And do they require you know, slotting fees? And you've got to pay X and such as a participation just for us to put your product all over the place? Or again, is it such a unique case where they say, we've got to be the distributor that has, has Mama Juana because we won't let anybody have, have it. I mean. You'd wish that they were that visionary. <laughs> Unfortunately, okay. it's not oh. the case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To be Tell honest, the, the big distributors, they don't care about small brands like us. They simply don't. You know, they're, they're worried about selling their Bacardis and their, their Diageo portfolio. And I don't blame them. You know, they're huge companies. Mm-hmm. They, they can be worried about one little skew when whatever moves the needle for them is, you know, yeah. a portfolio that has, you know, products that are removing millions and millions of cases. So they're, 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 not, they're, not, they're not really focused on our type of product right now. And it's sad because with the right distributor, we could, we could grow this 5x yeah, right. faster than what we're doing it right now. And yes, we've been expanding. I think, you know, we're already in eight states, um, you know, after two years of, of sales. Uh, we're in eight states. We got into, you know, some of really nice retail chains like Total Wine, for example. That's my number one favorite customer. They were with us since the beginning. And the product is moving really well in those stores. And I think, you know, we've, we've gone little by little. Whenever we get uh, a big customer that's interested, we start distribution. That's how it's been. We, we don't go out there and, 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 and look for a distributor and then start selling. It's always been the other way around. So for example, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania we, 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 is a huge market. Uh, they're a fantastic customer. They, they do such a good job. And we got started in Pennsylvania because the customers were going into the liquor stores, which are state-run, and they were asking for our product. So the purchasing people from, from the Pennsylvania Liquor Board, um, they reached out to us, and that's why we have distribution in Pennsylvania. We opened up Connecticut, Tennessee, Kentucky, because Total Wine also expanded us to those states as well. Uh, New York and New Jersey are moving incredibly well, and, and Florida is also, you know, we're knocking it out of the park right now. Um, and, but, but we're very focused. We, we, we don't have tons of accounts. We have few accounts and the few accounts that we have, we're putting a lot of love into them. You know, very supportive with, with tastings, very supportive with marketing programs, creating special drinks for them, uh, assisting them with recipes, uh, and just making sure that they're happy with, with the product. You know, it's about quality over quantity right now. We want to make sure that a few customers we have, they're very happy. So you still have a full plate in producing and marketing and distributing and growing this particular brand do you see or you're a visionary guy i mean do you have a vision for brand extensions different uh candela products or just yes. variations on this mama wanna product oh man if you were with me in the office and i showed you the, the product yeah. <laughs> pipeline that we're working on you'd be wow. blown away it's uh it's i i'm so excited i can't really say much because yeah. a lot of okay. this stuff 
I haven't That's even cool. registered yet. Yeah. But just uh, don't give, give anything away. But just to give you an idea, um, I see this as basically one one of the biggest new uh, new markets that's being opened because it's kind of like when kombucha got started or or matcha got started or CBD yeah. got started where it only started with one product and then there was a full line of products being developed around it. Right, the same right. thing's happening with us. You know, there's a lot of brand extensions that we're working on both within the Candela brand and other, and other brands as well. So Candela itself, we're going to be launching um, two new formats and we're also going to be launching two other products. Uh, one of them is a sub-brand of Candela and the other one is a totally different brand. And it's, it's going to be very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting stuff. I, I can't wait to show you because I'm like, I'm like, you know, jumping out of my seat when, when uh. I want to show people, but you know, step by step. And that's right. why we're, we're going to open this up for funding as well, because our current customers, the resorts are already asking us for, for more, more products, more formats. So we need to be able to fulfill them. Yeah. And that's why we're going to be opening this up for, for new funding. Fantastic. This has been an incredible story and the journey continues, Alejandro. It's, it's really amazing. So this product is available in those states that you mentioned, but I know that our, our audience, our, our listeners of restaurateurs and hotel operators and general managers and franchise operators, those operators that have bars are going to really take a close look at this product. They're going to want to try this product and they're probably going to try to figure out how to get it. Uh, you've got us all intrigued by this. So if you go to drinkcandela.com, that's drink, C-A-N-D-E-L-A.com, you can buy a bottle or two or 10 or 20, right? online exactly. you, you can buy online yeah buying great. online is great if you know you don't have distribution in your state right. but honestly it's way cheaper if you go to your liquor store uh, and you get it there uh if you're in new york new jersey connecticut pennsylvania tennessee kentucky and florida you can get the product also in the dominican republic puerto rico uh as of last month and total wine and more you can find it you got to try it because if you're somebody that enjoys rum, you're going to love this. If you're somebody that enjoys spice rum, even more, you know, if, if, if you've, you, you've enjoyed your Captain and Coke, you, yeah. you got to try it with Candela. And also trust me, if you buy a bottle of Candela, you sit down after, after your week and you make yourself a mojito or an old fashioned, or even have it with Coke, you're really going to enjoy it. How else can uh, our audience find you besides the website? How about social media handles, that sort of thing? I'll put it in the show notes and people can listen in right now. So I would say Instagram is our most active social media channel. Uh, our Instagram is just like our website is drink candela uh, on Instagram. And that's where we post, you know, a lot of the latest photos and some of the events that we're doing. And we're always very responsive to messages. So Great. hit us up. Let us know if you want the product. We'll do whatever we can. We'll bend over backwards to make sure that you can get a bottle. Uh, we, we always try to take care of our people the best way and the fastest way as possible. Well, once again, folks, I love talking with really dynamic people that are starting dynamic, powerful companies that have huge, huge futures ahead of them. And I just know Alejandro is onto something big here. I so enjoyed talking to you today. Such a cool, such a cool product. I can't wait to taste it myself. 
That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Thanks for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you being here. That's a wrap. Guys, thanks again for listening. We've been getting a tremendous response to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And it's awesome. We've just been named to the top 10 must-listen-to restaurant podcast lists for the fourth year in a row. Really excited about that. And we are soon approaching our 200th episode. And it's been a fun ride. But listen to this. I've been spending some time working with clients And I've discovered that menu design is something that is really not done correctly in so many restaurants. Yes, they have appeal and variety to the customer, but they're losing tens of thousands of dollars in lost potential profit because we're finding out their lower profit items are taking sales away from the higher profit items and the lower profit stuff are more popular sellers, okay? I've worked out a professional formula and I have a template that identifies the different profit spread difference between your items in each category. And a recent client that I've just finished working with has uh, a menu for a lunch and dinner place. And I just figured out that this restaurant has lost $183,000 in lost potential profit over the past six months because again, their lower profit items are taking sales from the higher profit and the low profit items are more popular. Now they're paying their kitchen staff just as much to prepare low profit as high profit. So why then wouldn't you go back to the drawing board and work with me and re-engineer your menu? I'm talking about huge ROI here. So if I've got your attention, reach out to me, Roger, R-O-G-E-R at restaurantrockstars.com. I love talking shop with operators. I do offer a complimentary 30-minute consultation. So reach out, we can talk, and perhaps I can generate some serious menu profit for your restaurant. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review on iTunes. It will help other operators, owners, hospitality professionals find us. And we appreciate you listening once again. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.